Then we asked the question, is there a need for more missionaries in Italy? Because we're aware that there's a number already. Um, the, the answer was a resounding yes. So on the next trip, we, we asked the question, well, okay, if we were to come as missionaries, what kind of ministry would it be helpful for us to do? And um, the kinds of answers fitted with the ways in which God seems to have equipped us and had already given us opportunity to serve him in the UK. Welcome to the Four Corners podcast from UFM. Um, I'm Anna and I'm joined today by um, two of our long-term mission partners who are based, um, well I'll let them tell you where they're based actually, it's John and Anne Goodwin. Um, so welcome John and Anne, it's good to have you here today. Hiya. 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 Nice to be with you too. Um, maybe could you start by um, telling us a little bit about yourselves and your family, where you're from and uh, what you're currently doing? Yeah, so myself, Anne, and husband John, and our three children, um, Daniel, who's eight years old, Lizzie is six, and Miriam is two. Uh, before moving to Italy, we lived in the wonderful Beeston in Nottingham, and we served our church family there, Beeston Free. And John was a minister there for some years, and Beeston Free is the church that sent us and partners with us here in Italy. So I think you've been out in Italy for just over a year now, um, went at the back end of 2021. Um, so yeah, maybe could you tell us a little bit about why Italy, um, what, what's the need for cross-cultural mission workers in Italy and what are the gospel needs there? What motivated you to serve in that country? I think something that the Lord's put on our hearts over the past number of years is the gospel need here in Italy. And, um, we've seen that through visiting. We've, we've got to know it more through friendships we've had with Italians. Um, but something that's really struck us is the need for more local churches in this country um there's there's a history of christianity here that's um protestant um but that's that's in certain areas and certain cities and there remain a huge number of localities even um sizable towns where there's no gospel witness at the moment and no local church and i think that's that's something that has, has just been put in our hearts by the Lord um, to, to come and, and serve in a context like that. Um, I think we've always been eager to cross cultures. And here we see that need for the church. I mean, yeah, we took a trip a few years ago to a place called Urbino. And in in that city, there's there's 30,000 people. Um, but the nearest church is, is close to an hour away. Um, and many things are worshipped there. Um, but not the Lord Jesus. And I, I think for us, that was that was a big moment of thinking. Our, our heart is to come and help Italians meet that need. Um, we've kind of got a phrase that we use, um, which is helping Italians reach unreached Italians. And I think there's two bits to that that we we, we feel we'd love to serve here. We, we want to serve with the Italian church, not separate from it. Um, we really want to work with Italians. Um, uh, but we want want to be part of helping to reach those unreached Italians um, so playing a part in church planting and seeing uh, new communities of, of believers founded in places where they're not at the moment. Okay so looking maybe we'll think about your year in a minute but maybe um, 
before that, let's think back to the journey that you went on to get to Italy in the first place, and not physically, but the whole journey that God took you on um, before you arrived you arrived there. Could you tell us a little bit about that, maybe paint a picture of the pathway? So I think for both of us as individuals, um, growing up, I suppose, especially well when we became Christians and in our later teen years and into university, um, both um, made friendships with international students and just enjoyed sort of learning about other cultures. Um, John made a couple of short-term trips to Asia um, during university. I studied languages, so that was a very natural way to spend some time in other cultures. Um, So then together from the start of our relationship, we talked about wanting to be open to God's leading us abroad in the future and exploring the possibility of moving overseas at some point. Um, before we had children, made a trip to visit some friends in the Middle East um, to see what ministry looked like there. Um, we praised God for the work these friends were doing and uh, came back feeling like that's that's not the place for us. Um, yeah, considered another place too, but again, that didn't really lead anywhere. Um, so around the time Lizzie was born in 2016, a few factors came together um, that led us to seriously explore Italy. And we made a couple of um, two-week trips in the following years and visited a number of Christians in Italy, both foreign sort of yeah, missionaries as well as national Italians, Christians. And we asked the question, is there a need for more missionaries in Italy? Because we're aware that there's a number already. Um, the, res- the answer was a resounding yes. So on the next trip, we we asked the question, well, OK, if we were to come as missionaries, what kind of ministry would it be helpful for us to do? And um the kinds of answers fitted with the ways in which God seems to have equipped us and had already given us opportunity to serve him in the UK. So, yeah, with the encouragement of Beeston Free Church and our families and friends, we started to move seriously towards coming to Italy. We still had no idea at that point where exactly would be a good place to start in Italy for all sorts of reasons. So after a few more shorter visits, um, God turned us to consider Siena and that seemed a great place to start because there was an established national church, an excellent language school for John, and there'd be a community for us as a family. So um, I think in 2019, we made our formal application to UFM. And um, yeah, from there, we sort of made preparations to come to Siena. Great. Um, so quite a, you know, it, it takes a while, doesn't it, for for those plans mm. to take take shape and um yeah i mean i think that was over 10 years mm. um from when we first started talking about church mm. so mm. yeah long process mm. very gradual um, to us at the time it didn't look very straight i think yeah. um felt like a really windy route but looking backwards see how god brought everything together um yeah. even though at the time it was hard to see that you mentioned you're uh, applying to UFM as a mission agency. What particularly was it about UFM that um, attracted you? Yeah, there's a number of reasons that we were keen to join UFM. I think above all, um, we really love UFM's heart for encouraging the local church to take the lead in equipping and sending and partnering with their overseas workers, um, which, yeah, Beast and Free has, has really done very well. And so we're just really grateful for UFM and the family that it is um, now for us. And uh, UFM's been wonderful at encouraging us as a family and connecting us with other mission partners um, within the organisation. So it's really grateful for that. Yeah. 
I was interested to know how, yeah, how you felt God was teaching you over that time. Um, I'm sure there were some blessings along the way, but what were some of the challenges that you could share with us? Yeah, I think you know, quite a number of low points um, during the process. Um, it was challenging. And originally we'd hoped to go before Brexit happened um, because we knew that after Brexit, it was going to be really a lot more harder to settle in, to well, to, to just enter Europe and be there for a valid reason. Um, but then sadly, COVID arrived and it was really clear that we weren't going to get there um, before Brexit. Um, and so we, we put things on hold for a while during the pandemic. And that was hard in a way, because I think we were so eager to, I think right through those 10 years of preparing to go, we were always eager to go, eager to push on. Um, but I think the Lord taught us to, to wait and to be patient and not to rush. And that felt like another moment of doing that. And then there was good work to do in Nottingham to, to serve the church family there during that period. Um, but when we started looking again at how to go, it, it I remember just having a really, really low week because um, we'd be trying to work out how to get a visa and nobody knew how to get a visa because no one had got a visa yet of this type after Brexit. And the embassy, Italian embassy of London, couldn't help us. Um, the visa service that they told us to speak to couldn't help us. And they were just sending us back and forward to one another. Um, and um, I remember one night just praying with a friend and I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we can go to Italy. And, um, and I think he just encouraged me to, to trust that God was going to open the door if he wanted us to be there. And um, sure enough, looking back now, it's hard to remember that period because um, those doors opened um, and I think we just found that God provided the right thing at the right moment. And um, sometimes really quite wonderfully and miraculously. Um, there's one day when um, we'd, we'd gone through this whole process of getting an Italian church to write us letters. And they had said to us, we'll only write letters for one of you to come. Um, and then Michael got in touch with us to say, I've been speaking to someone from another agency and you need letters from for both of you and then wonderfully that very same day the the church in Italy sent back letters for both of us without us even having asked that and um I could share many other stories like that but um just to to see that the Lord was leading us there and he was taking us there as well yeah so I think for me um obviously over the sort of 10 years or so we've been very much praying towards going somewhere and eventually Italy and we were looking forward to that um but I think on the other hand as things became much more concrete I suddenly had lots of fears welling up and reefs welling up as well and so I think something I've learned and I'm very much still learning is really about where my real home is and where my identity lies and you know it's something as Christians we can easily articulate but living it out and experiencing it is another thing entirely so the sense in which, you know, this life is short, God is great, and um, he's given us an eternal dwelling with him. That's our hope. That's our future. And um, so that's, you know, the message we love and live by and what we want to share with others. And yet, as we made preparations to leave, um, yeah, leaving people we love, a country we love, and systems that are far from perfect, but systems we know and appreciate, um, I found it a real wrench. And so I just... I suppose I learned over those 
years and, and the months before going that it's it's okay to grieve those things and it's right to grieve those things and to feel that in the moment and not try and pretend that well no you know we're going overseas and I just need to be joyful about that but yeah to grieve where that's needed um and at the same time um yeah just really cherishing that truth that wherever we live on earth whether we never move live in the same place all our life and serve God there or whether we do move um our hearts are to long for our eternal home where we're truly known and accepted and and cherished by our father um so I think that's you know still something I'm um just yeah working out and wanting to live live by day by day and also encouraging the children in that too that where they still miss people and places and our you know our house and our car they still talk about um but then those tangible things that they've they've lost but you know that God has an eternal dwelling for us to be with him forever and and that's really good and God is worth it yeah maybe looking back over the past year um now since you've been over in Italy Tell us a little bit about what that first year in mission is looks like for you and the family. What have been your main, um, in terms of practical priori- priorities of settling into life? What have been the main things that you've you've um, you've done over the past year? Yeah, so we came to Siena with four sort of big things we were hoping to do during these two years. Um, number one priority: learn language. Um, I, Anne came speaking Italian already, which was amazing, and helped us wonderfully at the beginning and um, she's not had to do formal study um, but for the rest of us we've been starting from pretty much nothing so that's been a, the, the number one priority and then I think alongside that we've also wanted to have this time to settle in as a family and to get adjusted to a new culture and to do that in a place where there wasn't too much responsibility at the beginning and we could immerse ourselves slowly but um, without having to 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 give out in responsible ways at the beginning um and then use this as a place to look beyond that towards the future and serve the local church here yeah so day to day um john uh, is studying full-time so whether it's lessons or meeting with people which provides chance to practice language but more and more it's lovely that um the people he's seeing are becoming friendships and yeah, that's just a, a real joy for him to spend time in that way. Um, John's also started helping out with the church youth group this year, which is great. Um, for me, yeah, looking after the kids. Um, so building relationships in the community, really, um, as Miriam and I go about our daily tasks and um, bumping into people or yeah, meeting up with people. Um, we, as yeah, together, um, spend time with families of school friends, neighbours, church family. Um, but I think, I suppose, something that we've, we're feeling as well and something we've noticed when we were um, exploring overseas mission before is that um, it's not this sort of glamorous, sort of super spiritual life um, being sent to over here by a church. It's very much just getting on with the day-to-day, seeking to to serve our God here and you know a lot of that is just the mundane everyday things but um you know as we serve God anywhere seeking opportunities to speak of Jesus that's right yeah have there been any particular surprising aspects um yeah I mean this has been good to think about and I think um we've both got different things um that struck us <laughs> I think for me um I'll start with some of the things that 
surprised me and not be or been harder and not not been not been easy things. Um, but there have been some good surprises too. Uh, and I think one thing I didn't quite appreciate, I people have said before, you're gonna be faced with lots of bureaucracy. And um I think the amount of paperwork and processes to go through um has been been astonishing. Um I think I mean, probably submitted close to a thousand pages of paper in the time of year um to to just be here. And that's taken a lot of time to gather and and to to process. And and praise God, it's it all seems to go well. If you if you hand someone a wedge of paper, it seems to get you what you need to get. Um, which is great. But um but I wasn't expecting to spend um quite as much time on that. And um there's been a lot of research as well because not loads of people have, have have done it from Britain after Brexit. Um, so hopefully we can help others in the future as well. Um, I think the other thing for me that has just been been different is going from a very structured structured place to um, a, a much less structured situation. Um, it's it's been much harder to have a, a regular week and um, having to create routine, but also just understand that the culture here is is different on that as well people don't don't plan far ahead um i think early on a guy one of our neighbors came down and said um do, do you want to have a coffee sometime well that's what i thought he said i said yeah let's do that um when are you thinking and um he said now uh, we're gonna go and have one now and um and for me that was just such a, a change in in pace because we wouldn't plan for next week why would you why not why not just go now? We're free. And um, I think that was, that, there's been lots of things like that where it's just adjusting to a new rhythm of life and also not having the structure of, of a workplace. Um, I've been different. Mm. How about you, Anne? Yeah, for me, yeah, I think for me, something a friend shared before we went is just thinking, you know, adjusting in a new culture. There's so many things which are going to be different and just this thing it's not it's not wrong it's just different mm -hmm. and it may be not to our taste at first but it's something just to get used to and to appreciate so um well one thing is just how small our town is and I've just really missed a good UK high street oh. um, <laughs> and yeah just the buzz of um, a town centre um another thing is school the school community is just so different here and again, there's plenty of things I miss about UK school. Um, but there's many good things about that as well. Um, we were surprised by how well the children have settled, really. Mm. There's, again, a, lot, a long way to go, but it's been much better than we, mm. than I feared. Than we feared. Are, they in, um, are they in Italian-speaking school? Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've, they've learnt just going to school and yeah thankfully I've, I've adjusted well to that and yeah. making friendships yeah I think I, I'm resigned that I'm going to be the the worst Italian speaker in the family because <laughs> Daniel and Libby are racing on Miriam will just be they'll be teaching you be normal <laughs> and they, they are already <laughs> correct me on pronunciation oh. Daniel tells me what the words mean it's oh. it's great we're so thankful for that mm. One nice surprise is how people have welcomed us more readily than we expected, actually. Um, yeah. We're aware that Italians, often the families all live fairly locally and right. you know, could be just quite sufficient without welcoming random foreigners into their lives. But thankfully, a number of families have done just that and we're really grateful to God for that. Mm. 
Yeah, I, 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 I had the same thing. We, we sort of thought about this separately and both this is a massive one. I think before coming, it's really hard to imagine what friendships would look like. And um, we're just amazed at how, how we've been able to get to know local people. And um, that's been a great blessing just on a, hmm. a, a relational level. Um, but also we're seeing gradually how that's bearing fruit and their openings. People are really interested in what we do. And um, a couple of people have asked to read the Bible, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so that's been, and that's been just so natural. We're really mm-hmm. thankful for that. Which is what you were aiming for in the first place, isn't it? That, you know, you know, mm. looking for natural connections and, and building on those relationships. So that's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe could you tell me a little bit about how you're serving in the church there, um, how that's developed over the year? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the first year we tried not to do much at all except um, join in the regular church meetings and get to know people. Um, whereas in the summer we were having a think about what sort of more formal ministries we could get involved with. So, um, yeah, I mentioned John's joined the youth group team. It's called MySpace, um, which is on a Friday evening. So it's, yeah, involved with just getting to know the, the kids there, um, giving lifts home again. And uh, for me, I've joined the Sunday school team with the little ones, um, which is it's lovely because we're getting to know the, the children a lot more. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, and then... John is helping with the audio team. There's a few guys that are willing to do that and PowerPoint. And then there's also a translation service as and when there are um, people coming to church that only know English. So I am uh, said I'm willing to have a go at that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing this year that has been like a real stretching thing is starting to preach in Italian for me and doing that along with the other Italian guys. Um, but I think the church has been so warm and appreciative of, they, under, they understand that language is hard, but um, it's been, been a great place to learn to do that and be free to make mistakes and uh, and be helped as well. Um, just really thankful for the availability of one of our pastors who just goes through sermons and helps you find the right phrase for something. I've, I've learned a lot that way, uh, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, so thinking back over your past year, um, how has it impacted how you thought about cross-cultural mission now? Uh, are there things maybe that you know now that you wish you'd known beforehand? Yeah, I think one of the things that um, struck us immediately when we came was being on the sent side of mission rather than the sending side. And when we were living in Nottingham, that that was just, we were always sending. And that was part of the church, DNA, we, we have mission partners, we've We've, we've been part of that for a long time. And I think for the first time, we really felt what it was to have people praying for you and partnering with you and how much you needed that. And um, I think in those early days, that was a, that ministered to us in a, in a huge way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for anyone who's on the sending side still, just never underestimate that. Mm-hmm. It, it, for, the, for the months we've been here, it continues to be a huge encouragement mm. and um, massive blessing. And also to see people's prayers answered in front of your eyes. Mm. And um, yeah, I think I'd not appreciated that 
when you've been on the other side praying or supporting or sending yeah that we get the privilege of seeing it kind of coming into being in front of our eyes and there's something really really wonderful about that um i think the other thing i say is that i think right through the journey we've had to remember that we're not on the way to mission <laughs> we're on mission now and um feel like probably i thought i thought that <laughs> but many times and need to keep relearning it that now's the place where we serve and the mission happens here yeah we've got we we want we want to be reaching places like urbino in the future but now unreached italians are above us below us across the corridor to us uh, this is a town without a church and i think yeah just to to serve now and to keep serving now mm-hmm. is where we are mm. not where we're going yeah and for me i think just a reflection would be this this feels so weak and so slow and you know it's come back to that sense of we just live a normal life here and yeah john's been tied out with paperwork for you know hours in the last few years and it just feels really frustrating but um but somehow god loves to use all this to glorify himself in his time and yeah the sense of god is not in a in a rush like he knows what he's doing in his time scale and whereas we might like to see things happen quicker or have less of this faff um this is all within god's control so i think that's been helpful to realize and yeah uh can you think of three main takeaway points for other families who might be considering cross-cultural mission mm. yes i'll oh, enjoy coming up with these it's good fun <laughs> um i'll start off i think the first thing is it's not mad it's not mad to be doing this um I think at various low moments of the process, after like, giving up my job, us starting to put tenants into our house, but still not having a visa and clarity, I remember thinking, what are we doing? Is this going to work? We're going to end up initially, are we going to be any use? And there's those low moments. And I, I remember having to come to the Swindon office for something. Um, and just being in that that environment with just reminded me, no, this is not weird. This is not strange. We're not doing something crazy. Um, this this is what God is doing. And we're absolutely right to be with this. Um, mission is absolutely right. It's absolutely worth it. Um, and I think just needing to remember that again and again when things are hard. It's not mad. Not yeah. doing a crazy thing. So number two, um, for families with children, um, just take, take the kids along the journey. Um, in the sense of yeah through our exploratory trips in the years leading up to going we tried to document it through making scrapbooks together and photos and getting kids to help make those and praying with the children about going um another thing we did was to read through the book of acts together over breakfast um and uh, yeah just helping them to see um, god's desire for his name to be spoken um, and taken to the nations um yeah maybe learning songs together a few sort of mission themed songs that we learned as a family um and i think the big one that yeah, i've taken from talking to others in the situation is help allowing the children to experience grief and to talk about sadness and to to cry over things and that's okay and not to tell them oh, i'll be fine and make new friends but to say actually no this is really sad we're all sad to be leaving these people these places and that's okay and yeah, so to really involve the children, that'd be number two. Um, number three, I think 
just to keep feeding the mission passion really with things I, I think we found that in the run-up really helpful but also in the last year here just the conferences we've been on um reading books listening to things um just to keep stirring our hearts to this um with good truth and something that's been a real blessing to us is we have a monthly prayer meeting on zoom with people who want to commit to praying regularly with us and i think we come out of that meeting just spread on every month and um, i think letting others in to keep keep kindling the flames has been really helpful what strikes me is from what you've shared is just how there's so many people who are a part of of sending and being sent and how it's people working together whether that's the children and them seeing their role in it um and you're sending church behind you spurring you on um yeah that's really good to hear um maybe looking forward now what does what do the next few years look like do you think god willing (laughs) well so having come for initially two years to Siena we've decided to stay for another two years so I think that takes us to 2026 based here where we are uh, with the hope that we'll become even more immersed in Italian culture learning as much as we can about Italian church life and just yeah life in Italy. I think we just feel like this is such a special time to be able to lay a good foundation Mm. and if we hope to be here for many years to come to do that as well as possible. Mm. And then in the course of these next years, we'll explore other places and opportunities and pray about whether it would be good to move or whether we stay here longer. Um, generally don't know at this point, um, but we'd think about maybe forming part of a church planting team or uh, supporting an existing church, whether that's here or somewhere else. Um, yeah, maybe just to end then, thank you for all you've shared about, about your year and what you've learnt and how God has stretched and challenged you looking and looking forward. How can we pray for you? We'd really value prayers, sort of overarching everything to keep our eyes on our our good and loving God um, who has saved us and who longs to save more people. So, yeah, that he might be our motivation in everything. I think one thing that struck me sort of in the words of John Piper is to not waste our move to Italy and to want to use it, yeah, to the utmost by God's grace to, to make the most of each day we're here. Um, you know, as we'd want to anywhere we lived. But yeah, given the things we've left behind, we don't want to waste those sacrifices, but really invest ourselves here for his glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not let eyes get dragged down by all the the, the things that need to be done to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'd also love pray for all kinds of relationships. I think we've, we've been so blessed in getting to know local people and um that's been a real encouragement. Um, and I feel like we've we've sort of on the edge of talking more deeply, um, whether that's because people are a little bit nervous of going deeper or we just haven't, for me particularly, it's, it's, it's still, you know, I'm learning every day a bit more of the language and it's a challenge. So I think prayer for help to communicate more of the gospel to people within the relationships that we have um, for an openness on their side and God's enabling on our side. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are two people in particular at the moment that uh, one lady that Anne's got to know, one man that I've got to know, both um, retirement age, um, but, but both both eager to read the Bible, which, yeah. is, which is wonderful. So please pray for that. And I think another thing would be just praying for us, continue to settle in the church. I think just takes a takes a lot longer. We've 
been on the other side of trying to help transnationals settle into a church family in the UK. And um, um, I think to be on the other side, um, I think, yeah, we realise that it's not easy and um, takes time to build relationships. And we'd love to pray just for those relationships to go deeper. And yeah, that would be a mutual blessing for all of us. Thank you. That's great. You've really, yeah, you've shared a really good insight into what life's been like over the past few years of preparing to go and, and going and how God shaped your heart for um, for mission in Italy and what that's meant for all of you as a family. Um, so thank you so much for for joining us today. It's been it's been great to have you. So we'll we'll close there and um, hope to to see you again on another podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Four Corners podcast, brought to you by UFM Worldwide. Please subscribe for more podcasts like this and to support our mission family in prayer. Don't forget to like and share this podcast with friends and family. For more information about cross-cultural mission, visit our website, ufm.org.uk. UFM Worldwide, here to support churches and making disciples of all nations. Thank you.